HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. My name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super-duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border, coast to coast, and all the ships at sea. Streaming live from the County of Kings, Brooklyn, New York City, on the Heritage Radio Network. Are you ready for the fastest half hour on the internet today? It's the Mike and Judy Show. Spanning the globe for high-minded hijinks and low-brow kicks to bring you the best in sex, drugs, rock and roll, and nuclear fission. They're too bad for radio and too good looking for television. Television, television. And now, here they are to pluck the low-hanging fruit of the literati. Your hosts, Mike Edison and Judy McGuire. Well, all right, we're back. The Mike and Judy Show broadcasting live from Roberta's here in Bushwick on the Heritage Radio Network. I think we should let our listener know that <laughs> <laughs> that today is a very unprepared show as our guest has not even arrived she, yet. She'll be here soon enough. Katie Lazarus, uh, comedian and writer, will be here soon. But first, Judy, you just came from uh, a, baby, a, bri- a, a bridal, bridal shower, shower, not a baby shower. Bridal showers are slightly better than baby showers because you don't have to effing coup <laughs> at onesies you just but like brides get ripped off so bad because bridal showers it was like a tasteful bridal brunch which was really nice everyone was nice i didn't have time to eat so i only had a cocktail that's um probably why i'll be a little chatty today um but but like men meanwhile get bachelor bachelor parties where they go to vegas and screw hookers for the weekend we get brunch okay that may or may not be a myth i'm not copying to anything but i think that's the old model i don't know that people are still doing that <laughs> anymore isn't it now? Well, outside? my boyfriend isn't going to any goddamn uh, bachelor party in Las whoa, Vegas. Whoa, whoa. Is there something we don't know? Are you getting hitched anytime soon, Ms. McGuire? No, but he has to go to the bachelor party for the wedding I went to the bridal shower for. And did he, did he screw a hooker that you know of? No, no, it didn't happen yet. So uh. he hasn't screwed a hooker yet. <laughs> and how, how are you, you with that? Oh, screwing hookers? <laughs> I'm, as you might imagine, I'm really okay with that because I'm sort of like a hippie. Yeah, yeah free yeah. love, man. What I really like the best part is that you actually use the Mike and Judy show to make a quick exit. You're using our radio show to get out of social obligations. I didn't use it. I'm just a bad planner. 
It's good. Well, at least he didn't get caught on the Brooklyn Bridge. At least he didn't get arrested with uh, what the New York Post referred to today as those goddamn hippies. Well, J- Jack, our um, fabulous engineer, informed me there was a drum circle there, and that is like a Judy repellent. Yeah, that is good. The, the truth is, if there was a drum circle, I will join the party with the uh, calling them goddamn hippies. Speaking of the New York Post today, you know I'm completely outraged at the front page of the Post today. Protesters take Brooklyn Bridge, and here it is in the big, in the big uh, thirty-six point type. It says, "Shit hits the fan." Hit, I don't think hits don't, the span. I don't think it says "shit," does it? Okay, maybe not. What it, but it's very clever. It's a visual pun. It's um, the S is a dollar sign, the H is a pound sign, and the I is an exclamation point. Guarantee you, from ten feet out, you couldn't tell the difference. It's vulgar. It's not appropriate. And you know, like I said, inside they call um, protesters goddamn pieces. It's just a level of vulgarity that I'm not comfortable with. I, I especially find it kind of funny that the author of the upcoming book. Dirty, dirty, dirty. <laughs> is so offended by the S word and the GD word. Well, well, thanks. No, it's true. My book is um, unapologetic about pornography. Also. And available for pre-order on Amazon right now. Thank you very much. But um, I'm about the concept of the unwilling public. I'm not foisting any smut or vulgarity on people, especially a paper that claims to be a family newspaper. This makes me fucking insane. And especially this douche Phil Mushnick who's been their TV reporter, who's also a big anti-wrestling uh, zealot, by the way. But in the meanwhile, he's says he accuses cbs the entire network um of being nothing more than a quote pornography channel whoremongers right because um there's too much sex there's making out they're dirty words but meanwhile um the post has the word shit predominantly on the front page um the fact that it's a visual pun is just really splitting hairs and then of course in the back of the paper you have the hooker ashley who is giving you advice i want to tell your girlfriend to get worker her sex worker she's a hooker not okay, not okay. Look, not all sex workers are hookers, but all hookers are sex workers. Okay, not all fish. I all fish the, swim in the sea. The I swim in the sea. Therefore, I'm a fish. You know, the New York Post exists to give you high blood pressure because every week <laughs> you get you are outraged by some aspect of the New York Post. And yet, I love the New York Post. I'm very, I'm, a, I'm a loyalist. I, I just don't understand this this, this, this hypocrisy. Of course. Well, that's true. I do understand it. But selling sex on the front page and complaining about it by, you know, an idiot like Phil Mushnick or Andrea, the woman who is always the wrong positor, on page six, it's, it confuses me. It's fucking up my brain. Hypocrisy is, a, is, is part of being an American, Mike. I feel like this is what Ted Nugent felt like when he first heard reggae music. Like his brain just seized up and rejected <laughs> That's it. what happens when I hear reggae music, too. <laughs> um, you've probably heard the wrong... Uh, it's the years at high times, you know? It just sort of casts such a bad... Uh, yeah, th- things know, bands, bands who could you know be wiped from the earth and I wouldn't care. Grateful Dead, Fish, um, any reggae band. Um, oh, that's too. You're painting with too broad a sword. Any reggae band. Oh, like, don't even get me started on jazz, Mike. Okay, yeah, that's, <laughs> you know, that match. makes me fucking insane Cage too. Cage match. Uh, any day you want, McGuire. <laughs> Um, I'll tell you what, you know, I'm, I'm sorry Katie's not here yet. She's on her way, but I like that it's just you and I. It's very, it's very intimate in a way the show hasn't been in a long time. Let's ask each other questions. No, never mind. <laughs> um, I did want, we did want to talk about the protesters, though. I am for the protest. You are for the protest. Okay, hippie, explain. I think that um, it's, it's kind of interesting that a class war is happening in America, even though they may... You know, I'm not down there because I'm like, oh, I don't want to leave my house. But then <laughs> be exposed to body odor, patchouli, and drum circles. Like, ooh. well, that that is that is the problem. Is that the, the protests um, are such? They're so trapped in the cliches of hippiedom, the patchouli and the drum circles and all well, this nonsense. And they look terrible. They look out of work. They look like bums. Well, not all of them, though. We had the pilots down that there. That was fantastic. That, that was, was fantastic. great. Those are some well dressed gentlemen. We have my friend's mother got arrested last night. 
hippie. She's not. Well, she's an older hippie, though. She's probably my age. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you know when I used to go to protests when I was when I did this sort of thing. And this was years ago. I was part of Rock Against Racism and Rock Against Reagan. Right. But part of the thing was you're supposed to look good and have your sound bite written before you get there, so you don't come off as an idiot when you're on someone's TV camera. Well, and adding like uh, Jack Jack was saying, they added sort of Troy Davis to the end of the list. It's like, what does Troy Davis have to do with um, Wall Street occupation? Um, Really not much. Well, that's the problem with this protest. It's been largely unfocused. I agree. There is, um, well, I don't know if there's a class war. There probably should be, though. And that's, I guess, what they're trying to ignite. Yeah, or at least a class uprising, or at least some sort of um, awareness. I'd rather call it a populist uprising than a class uprising, because I think it encompasses too many too many people and too many quote-unquote classes. You know, it implies some sort of caste system. We're talking about 1% versus 99%. Well, no, Bloomberg corrected us saying we are, the protesters are against good, fine Americans who only make between forty and 50000 a year. They may be inconveniencing <laughs> some, of the, some of the cogs in the wheel on Wall Street, but the mm-hmm. truth is um, I saw on one of the websites, perhaps Facebook, one of the social media sites, people who are saying, I am one of the 99%. How many people do you know that are unemployed right now? Uh, I am underemployed. Underemployed. How's yeah. that working for you? Yeah, it's not working. It's so hard well. as hell to get a job right now. Yeah, it's hard. And uh, and when you do get, uh, a, you know, a call for work, it's like, well, can you write for? Okay, I'm just gonna say it. Esquire. dot com. Yeah, fuck, right. Fifty I'll, fifty bucks a post. And I'll say it right now. Fuck them. What did, what happened with that gig? I remember we talked about. I it. I pitched a few things, and uh, you know, it's like it's. It, I've already used up my fifty dollars worth of pitching. I'm not gonna pitch them anymore. If they want me to write something and. You know, they come and give me a foot rub too. It's at, just, like, it's not worth it. At 50 bucks, I've already spent an hour of my life. At every time there seems to be a, a recession, every time that there, there's a dip, of course, advertising dollars is one of the first things that goes. We've both been in the magazine world and, you know, yeah. we're worth working writers for many years. Everybody wants more for less. They stay fire staff never seem to replace the positions when the economy turns around so it's just sort of a new status quo everybody doing a lot more work for a lot less money and then they stop paying writers less and now of course everybody thinks content should be fucking free yeah content is not free what we do is valuable our guest is here is katie here yes all right bring, bring her right in jack please bring in katie but to finish the thought on this I'll offer you fifty dollars for six hundred words on a reported piece, which is what I believe it was. Yeah, it it's wasn't just, it's just, just fucking ludicrous. It's just fucking ludicrous. You're not a college intern. You're no. a professional. You're a professional journalist who's published books, and it's just fucking outrageous. Hey, Katie. There you go. Why don't you put on those headphones and there's a microphone for you and um, during the break we can get you liquored up. And I can just stare at all these hipsters. This is amazing. <laughs> I, I don't know. that. I think the, the demographic has definitely aged here. Yeah. Well, a review in the New York Times it's will do that for you. In both directions because of all the children that come here now. Oh, no. Oh, I know, man. but they're hipper than I am too. Look at that four-year-old's outfit. I'm sure her name is like... <laughs> She's uh, just the at sign. All right, so we're joined now by uh, K- Katie Lazarus, comedian and writer. We're just talking Hi. about um, how hard it is to get a job, and we're talking about the uh, what the New York Post refers to as those goddamn hippies. What are your thoughts on the <laughs> occupation? Honestly, like, it, I think it seems like a great job if you get paid for it to occupy. Yeah, I would love to do it. No, in in terms of in terms of, uh, I, I I believe that my cultural and political leanings are probably in line with most of the, with like 90% of those people who think, are on Wall Street. However, like, I do think we come across looking as sort of silly. We? 
We, we see you've already we lying to yourself. We were sitting at home, not stinking a patchouli or bo. I don't have a handlebar mustache, but you're closer because you have a goatee. So I'm putting you. Uh, this in, is not in a that goatee. This column. is a Van Dyke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, Grandpa. Do you think any of these kids know what the hell a Van Dyke okay. is? Uh, no, and fuck them. Frankly, um, they don't. I mean, the pro- I mean, listen. Did I remember when hipster was not a pejorative. When hipster was someone yeah. who was into Lenny Bruce and Dizzy Gillespie. That's a that is a totally fair thing, and I, I actually grew up as a as a misfit of a child, and now I look at people on the L train, and I'm like, because you look like everyone else doesn't make you hip or no. These different are these, are, these are the fake hipsters. I swear, I've gone on this ramp before, but they play dodgeball, and no true dork in school enjoyed enjoyed dodgeball unless you're a sadomasochist. Yeah. Okay. Well. I guess that comes later where you're like, oh, this is fun getting <laughs> oh, hit. I like that. Oh, I can pay someone to do this to me. No, I'm just kidding. Well, you know, we were all, you know, what I'd like to think is this sort of proto hipsters in the best sort of the way. I mean, the word hip just meant that we were a little bit ahead of, ahead of the curve. You know, yes. there, was, there was a nature to um, just being aware, to being a little bit avant garde, knowing what was happening, to being one percenters, not the one percent that the 99 percent patchouli smelling drum circling hippies on the bridge are protesting but the one percent who really knew what was what was happening what was cool culturally i think some of those people are probably doing this in earnest and like really care about politics but it's kind of like i used to think the people in the 60s were all about civil rights and no, i'm sure like 10 percent of them, of them were, were yeah. a lot of them were about getting laid exactly yes and so like i mean i think that now that you're an adult you can look at it or as i'm an adult now i can look at it and be like Oh wait a minute! I can be a little more discerning and be like, some of these people are just having fun. Yeah, but what you have, you've seen these people on the bridge. I mean, do you want to sleep with any of them? I mean, seriously. I think maybe they're just the quality of protesters has gone gone down over the years. I don't think you're a middle aged woman, so I'm not sure you can look at it from that perspective. <laughs> I'm definitely not a middle aged woman. <laughs> We're like, oh, he has a pulse. Okay. <laughs> Is it job? I'll be too? open. Oh, oh, oh. Is, it that, is it that free love? Is it that rough out there? I mean, is it is it harder for a middle aged woman to get laid or to get a job? Oh my god! To get laid is like the easiest Easy. thing in the world. To get a job is significantly harder. To find a man who's actually going to stick around and be worth your while—that's impossible. Who acts like a man? Yes, that that would be oh, 43 percent or forty one percent of women in New York are single. Yeah. I got good news for you, ladies. I am the last real mensch <laughs> <laughs> and employed. That's two things going in the right direction. <laughs> All right. No, I, I really do believe that the, those um, folks who are occupying Wall Street have the right intent. I mean, it is sick that no one in Wall Street has been prosecuted. Yeah. We spend so much money prosecuting someone who's smoked pot or done something that is a petty crime and therefore should get in trouble. But we don't do anything about the Wall Street billionaires who really did F up the economy. I, and I, I agree. These fuckers should be in jail. You know, a lot of these people should be in jail and throw away the fucking key. They're, I mean, it's, yeah. it's it's economic rape. I mean, it's nothing short of that. It's absolutely terrible what a lot of these people I are doing. I prefer the term sexual assault, but keep going. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, you obviously haven't been tuned into the Mike and Judy show for very long because political correctness is not something we do I here. did force him to say sex worker instead of hooker. But like I said, like... Step in all, the right direction. Not all sex workers are hookers, but all hookers are sex workers. Okay, this is this is fair, and I have nothing against the hooker in the New York Post. Like I said, I don't blame her for bringing down the governor. I blame the governor for bringing down the governor. What I blame her for is writing a lousy column. Yes, well, yes. I'm sure she doesn't even write it, Mike. You yeah. should blame whoever the poor intern who's in charge of like. And my problems with the editorial staff at the New York Post. I okay, use the word shit on the front page and goddamn on page two and on page six have Andrea, the woman who has always wrong Pizer, screaming about sex on MTV, but wait and that moron Phil Mushnick calling you know some sitcom porn. Wait a minute. You're okay? the, you're and the then woman. there's the butt shaving story from the hooker. You're referring to 
the New York Post's editorial staff. And I think that in and of itself is problematic to use the word editorial <laughs> with the New York Post. I, I you know what you're getting with the New York Post. Yeah, I, I'm probably giving them too much credit. I just think it's 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 a tough uh, road to hoe when you call yourself a family newspaper and you use that much vulgarity in it. It depends whose family, right? <laughs> you know what? My, no my, one ever. Everybody always like throws their arms up and looks like I'm. Ta- I'm on the crazy train because I am. I am a known pornographer. You engineer. Know. <laughs> You're but, driving the crazy train. Wait, so I didn't know. I didn't know this. So are you a pornographer? Uh, I guess once a pornographer, always a pornographer. You know how it is. My parents would be so proud. Mom, Dad, if you're listening. I, you know, I haven't written any real abject smut in a while. Uh, More, in a while. In a while. Well, oh, there was the incest novel. but I, That was a long time ago. You wrote uh, a novel about incest? Three or four of them, actually. <laughs> three or four of them. Wow. <laughs> Wait, any, think, anyone's incest in particular or one you were hoping uh, to achieve? Um, but I just, but I just more recently I wrote about someone... Uh, Chip Maloney, the, the world's last great pornographer, who's going to be a guest soon, yes. who's still writing incest books. Ay, ay, ay. No, Daddy, it wasn't a dream. Ooh. Me and you and daughter makes two or something. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I think we should go for our break. Uh, this is going to be the dulcet tones of the exploited singing class war. <laughs> I thought we're going to get Katie loaded during the break. Okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. Exploited. I once had a mohawk that was bigger than Waddy's. I stood next to him and made my friends measure, and he got very, he felt very insecure about these, that. These, I, these hipsters here don't know who Waddy is. They don't know, no, they don't know who the exploited is. And certainly for all the, maybe a faux hawk or two here, but uh, um, not the kind hawk. of commitment it took. Commit! The commitment that you had. I, you know, I remember that. Holy cow, you, you know, you look like a circular saw. How long does it take to do those? Because I, I think we are all in the same age bracket because I used to worship the kids with mohawks when I was young. I would wear all black, but it would be from a spree. Like, I was trying so hard. I hate to break it to you, Katie. We could be your parents. (laughs) I think that's pretty clear. We could be be Seinfeld's parents. I feel like if you guys were my parents, I would be the most straight-laced. Like, right now, I would be... Just rebelling against everything. Totally. I'd be working in banking and wearing Talbots. (laughs) And we'd be out front protesting. (laughs) Showing our boobs. You know, back back, back when I was out on the road with uh, Reagan Youth, and we were doing the Rock Against Reagan tour... Who's Reagan? I'm sorry. Reagan was was, was was an American president, very popular um follow this uh what was his name jimmy carter he farmed soybeans and in, <laughs> in arkansas or something um he farmed yeah the peanut farmer no one remembers who, i mean people just don't remember my jimmy dad carter. worked for jimmy carter your dad worked for, really in the peanut farm because your um, people don't strike me as like, like no, sharecroppers. I, I, I cannot imagine. My, my dad looked at a microwave one, when I was young and he was like, this thing boils water, sweetheart. It's amazing. I was like, that's how you got out of a microwave? Like, 
Yeah, no, he definitely did not work on the farming aspect. But back when we were doing the punk rock thing with Reagan Youth, I could remember the guys on the bus like taking notes on how to create the mohawk. Ivory soap was like a popular um, thing to use. It was yeah. like, kind of like the secret ingredient to keep it sharp yeah. and spiky. Is that true? No, I used, um, well, before they took the cancer-causing agents out of Aquanet Extra Superhold, oh, wow. you you brush it, you spray you know, you hold it up straight, you spray it with the Aquanet Extra Super Hold, and then you blast the blow dryer on it. And it, How long? How long did that take you in the morning? I didn't do it every day. It was the commitment. If I was going out, <laughs> I would do it. Otherwise, it was just like... If you're my, going out on a hot date? If I, was, if I was having a hot date, yeah. Or if I was going to a club, because you would always get into a club really quickly if you had a foot-high mohawk. <laughs> and, Is that Because they wanted you there as eye candy? Because for the freak factor. Like I was, I was seeing this guy from Australia once, and we went to this club called Area that was like a big downtown club. Oh, God, and there was like what a nightmare. I remember that place. I loved it. <laughs> there were like hundreds of people out front, and I woke up with him, and he's wearing a dress, and the guy's like, "Come here," and I was like, "I'm cool for once in my life. Somebody thinks I'm cool. They're not threatening to beat me up." That's good. You need a mohawk going out with a guy in a dress. Shut up. Um, but it does seem kind of high maintenance to have a mohawk. Yeah, but I mean, it, you sh- you shave the sides. That takes that's a pain in the ass. I also had two mohawks for a little while. Jesus. Shaved in the middle with bangs. That was a, that was, the and the bangs were the the worst problem of everything. Right, those were the hardest to do. Shaving what in the middle happened? without where, lopping where, the whole. Where thing did your off. parents go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Well, or right. Let's look at it from a different well, perspective. Well, glad to see you're back on the straight and narrow. Yes, such, well, I think it'd be a little silly at uh, such as, as it is. By the by the way, Katie, have you ever smoked age. angel dust? I have not smoked any. Oh, oh, you, break, you broke our perfect break. record. Yeah, I don't even know what angel dust is. I don't even know what angel dust is. What is angel dust? <laughs> it's bad for you. Stay away. I'm allergic like, to dust. I'm Jewish. <laughs> what is angel dust? That's what I say. I say um, stay off school and stay in drugs. It's, it's a crazy animal <laughs> tranquilizer that people used to put in joints. Most people didn't smoke it on purpose. When I smoked it, it was not on purpose. Yeah, someone would hand me a dusted joint. I don't understand how that happened. That never well, the results were always negative, I must say. It was, it was something that was big in like the 80s. It was... But see, I missed out on everything. Yeah, you missed all the fun. Yeah, yeah, of like dusted joints. <laughs> of thinking you're going to have... This is like one of the many reasons I hate pot because it's like, you think you're just going to smoke a little pot, maybe, you know, zone out, but then all of a sudden it's like a psychedelic experience that you did not sign up for and you just feel like you're going to throw up and there's noises Speak, coming. Ugh. Speaking of which, aren't we due for another like pot tasting show? I can't wait. wait I just wait, The one time I got no. stoned was at an Upright Citizens The one a, time you got stoned? You so your number is one? Girl. Last week we were talking about the number. Yeah. Okay, and your number right, is so one? So this is at a UCB party not too many years ago. <laughs> And I was like, who is this guy who is selling brownies? That is so rude. He's at a party with his friends. And I started yelling at him. I was like, I really think that's insensitive. This is a New Year's party. If you want to bring gifts for your friends, bring them. So finally, he like gave me a huge cookie because he was so irritated that he wanted me to go away. I spent the entire, this is my New Year's. I was trying to negotiate peace between Kissinger and Carter. And I lived in a little studio. So I had to stay in my bathroom because I had a friend who was... There for the weekend. It was nice of them to come over to your house. Is that not the loneliest uh, thing? Oc- and occupy done? your bathroom. You know, Henry Kissinger mistook your bathroom for the Gaza Strip. It That's took eight hours, eight hours to stop imitating Kissinger. Yeah, eating and Carter. it, eating All it right. is very intense. That World peace. Insane. According to Katie Lazarus, and and it didn't it didn't happen. So now I knew not to get stoned again. So speaking of solving the world's problems, Katie, yes. we should talk about your show because you were solving the world's unemployment problems. Yes. I understand uh, one show at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I was so excited that you guys had me on and were even interested. I got laid off from my job. I wouldn't say it was a dream job, but I was writing educational animated cartoons. Oh wow! And 
I couldn't get like I said, another job to save my life. Stay in drugs and stay off school. This is the key. Well, this is what's missing, clearly, is that I should be smoking more. Although, I've been told that when you are smoking a lot, that's a key indication that you will remain unemployed. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll also gain a lot Well, we used to have a job where smoking was sort of one of the prereqs, but that was kind of an odd thing. We both worked at High Times at one point. Yeah. Where, oh, you did? Yeah, and you know, where everybody was drug tested. Identify this, pot, identify this, acid, identify this. Wait, so at High Times, <laughs> are you drug tested and that's like the positive? Like if you're drug tested well, you and to... you have drugs in you, they're like, okay, sweet, I we got, can hire you now. I got in trouble because my I don't smoke pot, but my assistant, when I hired him, I was like, you can't smoke pot until after five because I need you to help me. And then when he started smoking pot, you know, at noon, I yelled at him and I got called on the carpet. Like, you can't tell him not to do that. This is a pot magazine. Like, well, pot makes you retarded. Yeah, well, the part, the I problem, the problem know, time is, yes, I prefer a, developmentally delayed. They, they forgot that I said, stop thinking about it like, like it's a pot magazine and start thinking about it like it's a magazine. You know, yeah. 25 years yeah. later, deadlines are not supposed to be a freaking novelty. People aren't getting <laughs> drunk at Wine Spectator all day, I don't think. I don't think. I well, don't they, well they may be, they may be um, functional alcoholics. I mean, I feel like there are people who are functional potheads and functional mm-hmm. alcoholics. They're high-functioning potheads, but I'll tell you, they're not working at high times. No. Okay. <laughs> is, it, is high times still going? Uh, Define going. Yeah. It's, it's but tell us like more about your show, It's more at low okay? times. It's more at low times now. So, so you lost your job. So and... I lost this job, could not get interviews, but I found like I could interview people who like their jobs and they just like wouldn't necessarily hire me, but they talk about how much they love their jobs. Oh. And so then I was like, you know what? There are a lot of people who want to in, like they want to know how to be a Muppet or how to <laughs> save the world for a living, you know? And I was like, why don't I just share those informational interviews? Cause that's one thing I can do is I can go up to anyone and ask them. I have blue fur I and I eat a lot of cookies. Can I be a Muppet? Can I be a Muppet? <laughs> and I eat a lot of cookies. Oh, because you, you like just Cookie Monster? I like, I, like, you know, I like a lot of the Muppets. The only ones I don't really like, I don't like Big Bird. He kind of, you know. Carol Spinney? Yeah, it's a little. Um, That's the guy who plays him. You know, his, his ambiguous sexuality kind of threatens me, I admit it. <laughs> so, so wait, is one of the guys on the, sh- I'm on still the show trying to on rework. Monday, is he a Muppet? Yeah, uh, yes, but I'm still trying to rework the idea that one of the Muppets has ambiguous sexuality since none of the Muppets, for the most part, are supposed to have well, any sexuality. Except for Ernie and Bert. No, uh, actually, actually, there was a big statement from Muppet uh, HQ, from the Muppet Command Center, because there were some... Um, Probably some of the New York yeah. Times with their homosexual agenda. You know, they said, when are Ernie and Bert going to get married? And they said, well, Muppets don't have any gender. They're just a couple of Muppets who live together. And they're and felt. Friends. And they're felt or inanimate objects. That's right. They're felt. But seriously. So it's hard for them to have sexual leanings because they don't have those hormones. Yeah, I reckon. But Not what I want to believe, though. But, <laughs> and I desperately would love to work for Sesame Street, so I probably shouldn't ask this. Kermit and Miss Piggy's relationship is really out in the open, even though they're hypersexual. Okay, okay. so then why isn't crashing the myth right now, Miss Piggy? Yes. Okay, that's it. It's Miss Piggy. Miss Piggy. Okay. That's what did I say? Miss Piggy? No, no, no. You said Miss Piggy, but you said genders. It could be Muppets your drag don't, name. Muppets well, that's, don't was, have genders, was, but it's Miss Piggy. And I was acknowledging the contradiction and saying she is like, all woman. She's also played by a man. Yeah. Really? Yes. A very talented one. I, I would think so. Um, I guess so behind every influential woman is man. So I so we have Murray the monster, the head writer of Sesame Street. Joey Mazzarino is on the upcoming show this Wednesday. At and where can we come see your show, Katie? Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in Chelsea, in New York, three hundred seven West Twenty Sixth Street. It's at eight p.m. on Wednesday, October fifth. The Upright Citizens Brigade, because when you said UCB before, all those Mohawk wearing eighties punk rockers thought it was some hardcore band. <laughs> Not GBH, UCB. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what's a what's a website there so people can buy tickets? Awesome. Uh, UCBtheater.com or you can go to the show's website, which is employeeofthemonthshow.com, employeeofthemonthshow.com, or my website, katielazarus.com. Katie I, with a C. With a C. I know it's, it's not my fault. My mom named me after a Jane Austen character. A boring one. <laughs> I, I understand Jane Austen was a man also. Uh, that is not true that I know of, although that would make her even more interesting. Because then it wouldn't just be like Jane Austen and zombies. It would be right. like Jane Austen and her transgender. So if we go to your show, will we get jobs? Um, I'm hoping for the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the most amazing show, right? I, I hope that you meet other people. Um, what I do on purpose, part of the reason I do the show live in addition to doing the podcast is so that you can actually ask the people on the show questions yourself. Oh, cool. Because I hate going to things and you don't get to say, well, actually, I have a question about your work and I have a question about how hard it is to get in or, um, yeah, I want people to come and I want them to ask whatever they need to ask or say like, hey, I really want to write for Saturday Night Live or I really want to be a set decorator on this. What do I do? So how easy is it to get the job writing for Saturday Night Live? I well, would like I don't job. have it, so I don't, I don't know. But I, I hope that you can go there and make connections, certainly, and also learn from these people's experiences because there is something that certain people do that gets them in the door. Right, so leaving certain, their houses. Certain, certain things they do. One. I have heard about that, and I'm I'm <laughs> going to start on the showering part. I meet so few people watching TV research. at home, polishing my bong. So, Judy, Judy, what's your dream job? Speaking of, yeah, uh, what is your dream job? My dream job is to create and write my own TV show. Not be on it, just create. You and can't write be it. on it because you're too hot for television. I know. I would be cracking tubes all. <laughs> well, I guess there's not even tubes anymore. But I have a yeah. face. The fact for that you internet. think that there are probably disqualifies you from that job. What? The fact that you think that TV still run on cathode ray tubes yeah, probably disqualifies no you. You should have seen the TV I have when my boyfriend moved in. It was like six inch screen with a built in VCR. He's like, where's your television? I said, there, there it is. And he's like, that's not a television. <laughs> so he bought a giant thing into the house. Oh, that sounds oh men, nice. and, men and their giant things. Did you keep him or the TV? I, I kept both. Oh, wow. This is great. This is a two for one deal. This, this is a love story. It this is a love story. <laughs> I bought him on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> love here at the Mike and Judy show with Katie Lazarus today. So, so that's uh, your dream job. What's your dream job? Well, Mike? well when I was a kid, I wanted to um, either be an astronaut. Um, was it a time when astronauts were heroes? We've since passed that. Unfortunately, yes, now, they're, now they're attacks. It's just, you know, it's so sad. On society. Um, yeah, exactly. Literally, we got um, or a relief pitcher for the New York Yankees. Um, yeah, which, I mean, not only have only, only, yeah, that's not only has that ship has sailed, have I aged out of that position, <laughs> but now since I've been divorced from my, the New York Yankees, which oh, we've spoken right. about. That's tragic. Um, but no, the idea of being a relief pitcher just to come in and throw, you know, three. You know, three outs, one inning at 2,000 miles an hour was like really, really a turn on. Or like all boys want, you know, I still want to be a professional wrestler. That's a practical dreamer, though. Like to be like, I want to be the relief pitcher. Like somehow as a kid, you knew you couldn't aim too high for the pitcher. You were just like, I'm going to be the relief pitcher. That seems like a reasonable thing. He knew thing. how lazy he was. <laughs> lazy? I just thought that was such a hot job. You get the call, you come in, you shut him down, you walk away, and you start pounding the bud. I really like that you were like, you know what, what can I really aim for at age five? That seems realistic. Isn't it like football like a kicker? Isn't there some guy who just does the there kicking guy, kicker? The, the, Substitute the, kicker? Oh, this is great. I can't wait till we do the Mike and Judy sports special. Oh my God. We've just exhausted I know all about my nose guards. Now. I know about nose guards. I, I don't. Nose guards, I is that a position in football? I think it's something you put on when you snort the cocaine. Oh. See, have you ever done cocaine? Boss. No. You got stoned once. You're so no good. Cocaine. Your parents did all, you, right? I hope Katie? at least you're a little slutty. 
I wish I was oh, a little more slutty. You know, this reminds me that you know this is this, like the Amish you, you edition. Get with it, Katie. This reminds me of that old Mark Twain story. He's sitting at this old woman's deathbed. And she's dying, and he says to her, "Madam, do you drink? No, I don't drink. Madam, do you smoke?" Are you promiscuous? No, no. He says, just as I suspected, a sinking ship with nothing to throw overboard. <laughs> I do think that's fair, though. I went to, I go to this clinic because I, I can't afford health insurance, and it's a gay, lesbian, transgender clinic in Chelsea. And mm-hmm. every year when I go for my checkup, you can tell the nurse is like trying to encourage me to do more because they're so, they're like, do you do math? No. Do you have sex with men, women, and children? No. It would be a good idea if you got out more. Like, by the end of the session, it's never like, we really need you to use condoms. <laughs> <laughs> we really need you to come talk to the teens is what they're thinking. Like, quit these. So I, what is your dream job, Katie, before we close? My dream job is to be a Muppet, and I would also love to be a writer and do voiceovers. That's really all I want to do. So what, what we do now, kinda, just don't get paid do for that? it. Yeah. yeah, I want to do what I do, but just get paid for it. Yeah, um, the dream. So, ah, the universal dream. And on that high note, this has been the Mike and Judy Show. One more time, broadcast live from Roberta's here in Bushwick on the Heritage Radio Network. Yes, Judy, you have a final thought? Check, check Katie's show out on Wednesday night at UCB Upright Citizens Brigade in Chelsea. Absolutely. Thank Please you find so her much. on Facebook. She is awesome. Thank you. Mike, you guys rock. Mike and Judy, Heritage Radio Network. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. The Heritage Meat Shop has just opened in the Essex Street Market. Open from 9 to 7 Monday through Saturday and 10 to 6 on Sundays, the Heritage Meat Shop supports independent family farms and animal welfare approved and certified humane raising standards. Most importantly, they offer a wide variety of heritage breeds. So stop by, get a sandwich, try the charcuterie. The Heritage Meat Shop at the Essex Street Market.